Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, folks, it's a sad day, tragic day. It's certainly been a deadly day in Afghanistan, but it's also a day I think where Canadians uh, should feel not just sadness, but, but anger, outrage, maybe even shame that what we've, through our elected officials, allowed to happen. Today is the day that Canada's rescue mission in Afghanistan officially ended. The last flight has left, and that's it. So for the thousands of Canadian citizens, permanent residents, uh, and those Afghan translators and advisors who worked with us, who are now left behind, all kinds of danger and uncertainty now awaits them. Could this have been avoided? Did it have to go down this way? Well, joining us uh, for some thoughts off the top in this hour is uh, someone who has uh, reported from Afghanistan, who's covered the situation over the years and has uh, done some remarkable reporting in recent days. You can read some of his work uh, at the newsletter, The Line, theline.substack.com. Veteran, now retired uh, Canadian journalist, uh, Kevin Newman, joins us uh, on the line here this afternoon, doing some volunteer work as well with the Veteran Volunteer Network on this issue. Kevin, so great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. Uh, so here we are. Uh, you know, we're now talking about a lot of this in the past tense. The mission has ended. The last flight has left. Do your thoughts, your emotions as, as you take this all in today? Well, it's a lot, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, we know that there are thousands of uh, people who had applied for immigration to Canada, who had uh, served alongside uh, our soldiers, our journalists, our development workers, who now have no hope of being airlifted. Uh, I'm sure your listeners know that there have been multiple bombs that have gone off at the checkpoints of the airport where we had people until yesterday. Um, the Canadian government had told them to leave because there was, I guess, rumors of, of an attack. And um, and we don't know whether any of those applicants were still around the airport um, when the bombs went off. We're trying to get in touch with them, but it's really hard. It's a chaotic situation. So, you know, there's a lot of very tense, upset uh, people in Canada who have been holding the hands of these Afghans, trying to help them through uh, what's been a Byzantine paperwork process and lots of disappointment, and I would even say an element of cruelty to the way they've been handled. And those people who have no hope of being airlifted now, uh, it's not clear that they'll be able to leave en masse, on foot. They're in hiding. They're trying to rest up, I guess, and uh, we don't know what fate they face now. No, we don't. And I mean, you allude to part of this. Look, it, it at some level it would make sense to have the government coordinating with NGOs and volunteer groups and you know people on the ground in Afghanistan enlisting everybody to to make this work. But it just feels like it's those groups that have been doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. And what we got from the government has just been not enough. Not enough in terms of commitment, resources, and too much in the way of of red tape and confusion. Is is that fair? Yeah. Absolutely, that's fair. I mean, there's been a, and there's been a, a striking lack of coordination. I mean, I've covered politics for a long time in my 40-year career, and, and what I saw happen was um, the silos of the federal government 
started to peer up. There was no sort of coordinating task force. There was very little sense of urgency to the whole matter. I mean, any any veteran will tell you that this was the most urgent matter, that these guys uh, would have targets on their back, that they needed to get out quickly. But for weeks and weeks, um, there was no immigration pass for them to come out, knowing that their lives were in danger. It was only a month ago that the government created that path, and it was so bogged down in paperwork and absurdities for people who are on the run in a country with spotty, if any, internet, um, that it delayed uh, them getting out. Their process delayed it. And um, other countries uh, were there sooner, they were there faster, they were more flexible in what their paperwork demands were and were able to get more people out. No country did well at this. Nobody has been perfect. But Canada, it seems, only was able to succeed in getting Canadian citizens and permanent residents out, which are easy to extract. We're having trouble finding many people who went through this immigration process who made it to Canada. There's maybe, I think, 170 uh, out of 2,000 people that we're in contact with. Well, and, and you make an interesting point. Yes, this was not going to be easy. Yes, maybe things of uh, events have unfolded in, in Kabul quicker than we expected them to. But at the same time, you know, we can look to what other countries have done. I mean, part of your, your uh, reporting, you talk about, you know, the way France responded. Tell us a bit about, you know, the, the path that France took in responding here, maybe what we could have taken from that. Yeah, so Canada made a decision to close its embassy. And, um, when it did that, it, it denied uh, us eyes and ears on a on a on a on a fluid and very dangerous situation, and that that cost us. So while we didn't have any diplomats or, or military attaches for at least a week in Kabul, every other country was able to talk to the new Taliban government. Probably, I'm guessing, pay some bribes to people, and were able to move people more freely into the airport and onto rescue. What we did as a country was, for these 2,000 interpreters anyway, and many other civil rights workers, uh, women and children, was say you had to get to the airport on your own through Taliban checkpoints. Many of them were beaten. And then once you got into the airport, it was a massive bottleneck uh, in an area that today one of those bombs was detonated in. So they, they left it up to these people to basically traverse all of this where the other countries were much more successful in being able to move people to the airport. Yeah, France, uh, you know, I don't know if we, we would have the capability to do this. France was actually, uh, you know, moving people on buses, going right through Taliban checkpoints, uh, you know, to, to get people out of there. I mean, it was somewhat brazen, but it was quite inspiring to see that, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it, it was certainly, uh, I mean, we had many, many reports from Afghans themselves saying, we're standing here in the sewage pit, waiting to be checked by some person at a desk, and we're watching these buses of other countries uh, roll on by. Like, what is Canada doing? Now, we did send in some military, uh, not nearly as many. We don't know exactly how many, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a large contingent. And they were only there for a couple of days, and then they evacuated. It turns out every Canadian official, almost every Canadian soldier was out last night. Uh, but what it means now is that we have these Afghan interpreters and it's clear that they can't go near the airport and that people, uh, you know, we don't know who they are, but they might be the Islamic State are starting to wreak havoc. And, and all of the communication and all of the help has vanished. All they have is, a, is frankly, a phone number um, and a voicemail box in Ottawa uh, to contact 
You know, and it's it's confusing, I think, to people, too, because it's it's the 26th of August today, and we, we've been hearing about August 31st as this deadline. And why is it then that we can't get any more flights? And why is today the end of the mission? Can, can you make sense of that? Yeah, I mean, the, the today is the end of the mission because the Taliban now runs the airport. And, and frankly, the only airport out of Kabul. And quite frankly, right now, it's clearly a, a murder scene. Uh, there's so many people perhaps hundreds. There's, there's U.S. Marines that are dead. Um, the airport is done. Uh, we don't know whether the new Taliban government will ever allow commercial flights out. It's a very dangerous place. But to your point of, uh, could we have known sooner? Well, I have to tell you that there are people across this country who for years, and, and, and I mean like since 2016, who have been telling the government that these people are in danger, that they have to get away out faster, and no one would listen. There was virtually nobody brought into the country. A month ago, finally enough people cared about this uh, in the government and they created a program. But, but to say that the plight of these two interpreters would, was a surprise, that it was you know, a surprise that we had an obligation to them and, and didn't bring them out, that's just simply not the case. Um, many, many Canadians were telling them, please help these people, and no one did. We didn't. So, yeah, I mean, that, that feeling of, of betrayal, I'm, I'm sure at some level, or just that, you know, that the, the feeling of emptiness and, and not knowing what, what next, not knowing where to go. I mean, I, I assume there will still be some efforts. There's been talk maybe of getting people to, to land border crossings. But uh, again, I don't know. Can, can, can no. these people I mean, trust it, what Canadians are, are telling them? Well, here's the problem is that, like, the land borders are not open. It's covid no, um, so right, right, right now, nobody's nobody is leaving Afghanistan. They they are sincerely trapped. Now, maybe the new government there will provide some sort of overland route for people that want to go. But right now, we don't know that. We don't even know what the new government is comprised of. So the best advice that 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 our group has been offering to the hundreds of people that we're hearing from all the time on WhatsApp, I and mean, we've all had close relationships trying to guide these people through this because um, because many others haven't. Um, I'm sorry, can you still hear me? Yeah, we, we lost you for a brief second there, but we got you. Yeah. Uh, okay, apologies. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there, there is, there is a, a serious uh, problem. Sorry, I've got a whole bunch of other people trying to reach me right now. But, um, yeah, no, there is no land route. There is no air route. The best these people can do at this point is to try to find a place to hide until things sort themselves out. And that, that's, that's where we're at, right? I mean, there, there's no obvious next step here there there's no it's it's i mean we we try not to be pessimistic about these things but when you look at the situation how can one not be no i mean i mean we all like to hope that there's a a a better tomorrow um but i can't honestly say that there will be a better tomorrow i mean there's a very good chance um that the people that we've been watching and trying to help through this process for two months will be murdered Uh, and if they're not murdered they may not be able to leave their country um, and, and these, you know, these aren't just interpreters. These are their families, too. These are, these are women and, 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 and people who have been brought up the last 20 years since, since before the last time the Taliban ruled. So, no, they're, they're, as I sit here, I know I sound incredibly downtrodden, and I am, um, but I, I don't know what to tell you. They're, they're, right now, they're, they're, they're trapped in a country with a, people that are trying to kill them and uh i don't i don't know where it goes from here yes we shall see i guess kevin we'll, we'll leave it there thanks so much for making some time for us here and um we'll we'll, uh, we'll perhaps talk again but uh thanks all right thanks Appreciate rob it.
All the best, Kevin. Uh, there you go. That's uh, veteran journalist uh, Kevin Newman, uh, who's uh, been doing some important work on this, also uh, working with the Veteran Volunteer Network uh, to try to help these people. So, yeah, you know, as we said earlier, these these grassroots organizations uh, have been doing so much incredible work, uh, and really they've been filling a void that shouldn't be there in the first place. So the government was late to the table uh, and came to the table with all of the, the bureaucratic red tape maybe we've come to expect from any sort of Canadian response to anything. But in this situation, that may prove fatal. So we were late to the table. The response just wasn't enough. So we needed a better response. We needed a streamlined response, and we needed it a lot sooner than we got it. And that's the takeaway. As so much as the government's going to try to put a, a positive spin on this, there, there sadly isn't one. Okay, we'll take a time out here. We're going to also hear later in this hour, um, veteran journalist and, uh, of course, radio network talk show host Roy Green. And we'll get his thoughts on the situation in Afghanistan. I know he's been covering it extensively over the last several months. And um, a couple other things to chat about with Roy. We'll have some time for your calls in this hour. You can reach us in Edmonton, 780-496-0063 in Calgary, 403-974-8255. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.